From talkradio.nyc, welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors, right here in beautiful, freezing, cold Manhattan. On tonight's show, A Head Full of Dreams, my guest tonight is interior designer Bachman Brown of Bachman Brown Designs. Bachman and I will be talking all about making dreams come true how our dreams motivate and inspire the creative process and help to define our design plans. As designers, I'm interested in how Bachman interprets his clients' dreams and how he turns those hopes and dreams and aspirations into reality. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Ever since I can remember, I dreamt of beautiful things. I always dreamed of living in one of those Beverly Hills houses on the hillside or having peacocks walk around my garden. When I got older, I dreamed of white picket fences and all the traditional ideas of what that represents. For a gay boy in the 70s, a white picket fence seemed only to be a fairy tale, simply not possible, utterly unrealistic, or so we were told anyway. But that's what makes dreams so magical, because dreams do come true. I envisioned my entire life and everything I have done since I can remember, I've tried to turn my dreams into reality. I love my dream time. Some of my best ideas come in the shower or pulling weeds in the garden. My dreams fuel my imagination. They give me courage to think big and outside the box. They motivate me to go beyond myself, to trust myself and my ideas. And mostly because I've already been there, in my mind anyway, I know what it is, and I know what it's going to look like, and how it's all going to come together. And so, to dream the impossible dream says a lot about fortitude and courage, and mostly about creativity. Dreams of color and furniture, rooms arranged in endless possibilities, dreams of this way and that way, and dreams of this idea or not that idea. Dreams of white picket fences and white-veiled wedding dresses are the antithesis of fairy tales. Because good dreams truly do come true. And as an interior designer, making dreams come true is my business. I love when I hear my clients say, 
you made my dreams possible. Or, I have always dreamed that my home would be as beautiful as this. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. What an amazing thing to say, and what a tremendous thing to hear. Beautiful homes are made of dreams, and that's what makes them so important. They spark our creative energies, and they make us believe that everything is possible. And the important thing is is that they prioritize all those hundreds of thousands of ideas and thoughts that are in our head. They do it so pretty damn well because what we really dream about, what we really focus on, always somehow floats to the top of our consciousness. Dreams definitely help us understand what is truly important. And dreams work both ways, not just for the client, but for the interior designer too. They teach us to visually compose in our heads, to see or to comprehend what's in front of us, whether it's blueprints laying flat on a table or a possible fireplace mantle from a salvage yard or a piece of fabric that magically becomes the inspiration for the entire design story. And that's, that's why I love to dream. Dreams allow us to set a course and sail to it because we can see it, we can dream through it, and we can make it come true. On some level, dreams have been my best teacher, my my best editor. I love my inner eye. It has served me so well throughout my career. And that's why I wanted to talk to interior designer Bachman Brown because he has all those dreams for his clients and all those dreams for himself. So I want to talk to Bachman about making his clients' dreams come true, and I'm interested in his design motivations, his ability to interpret his clients' dreams and make it a reality for them. Fairy godmothers, unfortunately, don't exist. So it is up to all of us to make the impossible dream come true. And because you got both Bachman and me tonight, I think hiring a professional interior designer is one of the best ways I know to make your dreams come true. When we come back, my conversation with interior designer Bachman Brown. Bachman and I are going to discuss how our personal dreams and how our clients' dreams inspire and define our creative process. How what seems to be impossible motivates us to reach beyond our knowledge, beyond our capabilities, and allow us to reach for the unreachable star. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes. listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your your digital digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. My guest tonight, interior designer Bachman Brown. Bachman, welcome to At Home. Thank you, David, for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. This is literally three times the charm. It has taken us <laughs> three times to get you here, and so I couldn't be more excited Thank that you. we're actually sitting here together. Listen, I start each and every show with the same exact question, and that is... What is your meaning of beauty? And more specifically, what is beautiful inside your own home? Um, I, uh, authenticity. Uh, I think authenticity is my fantastic f- favorite form of beauty. I, I think that every, everything has beauty in it. I think, you know, w- whether you're looking at you know, anything beautiful at Demish Danon or R and Company, doesn't matter, but you can also find beauty in the strangest of places and the grittiest of places. And I, I was recently down at a, a showroom um, down in Soho, and um, we were in the back, and it's part showroom, part home, and I was in the back looking at her art collection, and she had this amazing light sculpture. And as I got closer, I noticed that it was just styrofoam. And it was just layers upon layers of styrofoam, untouched styrofoam that came out of probably like, you know, boxes from being shipped from Amazon and and crates. And it was so stunning. And I I just, I love that. I love... You were just taken by it. I was taken by it. I was taken by the the material, you know, authenticity of it. Fantastic. That's a great answer. But as far as my home... Yes, your own home. My home. Oh, I love... Everything in it? Everything in my home. <laughs> Typical uh, interior designer choice. Uh, oh, you're going to make me choose my uh, my, my child here? I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't choose. I, but no, I will choose. Uh, There's got to be a couple things. I, there, I, my partner and I are, are very partial to our library. Uh, just our books. and Because we, A, I love looking at them because they're beautiful. And I love our bookshelves and books and all the you know, accoutrement that are piled on top of them. But I also love utilizing the books. Um, and currently, actually, I do. Um, I don't love the way our books are um, arranged. arranged at the moment. That's Uh-oh. all on me. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're arranged horizontally, so it's harder to pull them out. And I love my books. I love referencing them. I love flipping through them. Uh, you know, 
All the time. Literally all the time. So we just hit upon a design trick almost at the beginning of the show. Although <laughs> books horizontally can look great. Oh, they look can amazing. hold a picture frame or some sort of object art or something like that. They are terrible to pull off of the bookshelf. It's true. And they, so they if you look use your books, that's not a good idea. These books look these bookshelves look prettier than they have ever looked. But I can't it's it's like yeah. It's I, a real thing. I just want to pull all of them out and like flip through them, and I can't. I, it looks so pretty. I don't want to do it. I but. love the answers. They're fantastic. And <laughs> we already have a lot in common, and we're just starting um, out tonight. You know, I've always been fascinated that creative people have an innate sense of their own talent from an early age, their own creativity from an early age. Would you say that was true in your case? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I owe much to the detriment of my parents. Yes, I usually. would rearrange all the furniture in my parents' home all the time. Whenever they would leave town on vacation, uh, they'd leave me with my grandmother, who, of course, my grandmother and my great-grandmother, and they would dote on me and let me do anything I wanted. And all I ever wanted to do was, was rearrange the furniture. furniture around. And that's all I ever did. And even even to the point where and it, it even extended into school to where I would try and rearrange um, the furniture at school. Or actually, the best was when my parents sent me to art classes and my mother came early one day and it was in an art gallery. It was like the the, the art gallery uh, was downstairs and the, the studio was upstairs. And she came early one day to pick me up and she found me downstairs rearranging all the art in the art gallery for the gallerist. And this art gallerist just let me do it. I was maybe 10, 11 years old. And she just was like, okay, rehang everything. And my mother was so angry that I was rearranging art and not learning how to paint. But look how it... Um, has proven itself to be <laughs> successful because a lot of your interiors have a huge art collection in them or a, at yes. least a wonderful way of displaying or in terms, in, in yes. trade terms, gallery uh, I, I displaying. picked that up at a very early age. Yeah. Yes. And when I, was, when I was probably first or second grade, you know that, that thing where you go to school and they'd say, all right, you're going to draw a house. I didn't draw a house. I drew Tara from Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I drew the columns. I drew the staircase. I even drew the, like the floor plan with the sweeping staircase on the inside, you know, in the parlors. Like that was that was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we had a show once called Writing on the Wall, and I guess we just hit it again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the writing was on the wall. So well, that brings us back a little bit to your, you know, your younger grades. Did you dream of beautiful things and houses when you were younger? I mean, you know, was it always like, oh, I can't wait to go to grandma's house, or there's that empty house down the street? I wonder. I mean, oh, how did that manifest itself? Absolutely. I was um, when I was young. I I was um, I was obsessed with Christmas trees, but I was really obsessed with just getting into people's homes to see them. So I would go and I'd pretend that I was the Christmas tree inspector and I would go to some of the most beautiful homes in our neighborhood and I'd knock on the door and I'd be, I'm the Christmas tree inspector. Can I see your Christmas tree? But then I'd waltz around the house and look at everything. How old and were you? I, um, maybe eight. And I remember, I remember distinctly, um, there were a couple of homes that were so, I mean, I grew up in Paris, Texas, which is a very, very small town in, in backwoods, Texas. And the nearest town is Dallas and it's, two back then it was about two and a half three hours away from dallas so we were very you know remote and i remember going to these homes and they're beautiful homes back in the 80s but they you know and some of them had been done in the uh, some of them had um some of them were 70s homes and they had had these beautiful flocked velvet um 
wallpaper, like 70s wallpapers. And then you would go in and there would be these giant like, like gamma's flock exactly and oh then there and you go into the I, I there's this one home uh that had these giant food dogs on either side of the fireplace and it's a two-story um sounds so texas uh, oh it does not sound anything <laughs> like texas paris texas is very deceiving um but it was just, i would i would sneak into all i'm mean, not sneak in i would i would force my way into all these homes just to see them i mean that's so I, I absolutely I dreamed of of bigger and you know i, I dreamed of of homes and hotels and every, everything when i was a kid i was i had quite the imagination what are you dreaming about these days Ooh, um, that's a good question. Actually, uh, my my company just uh, celebrated its ten year anniversary, and congratulations! Uh, thank you very much. I'm very excited, and but it kind of flipped a switch for me, and I sort of started thinking about the future and about um, you were talking about dreaming bigger in your monologue, and I it, it, that is exactly what we started doing, and I I started thinking about the future and you know, what, what I want to do, you know, how I want to, where I want to take my firm and how we look at ourselves, how we bring, how we, the face of our company, which of course is me, but you know, the branding and the marketing and how we want to strategize the future of our company. Is that because you have, um, creatively, uh, reached a lot of your early goals and a lot of what, I mean, I think it happens, right? You kind of, you come into the field, you come into New York, you're seeing things for the mm -hmm. first time. The world is, is right there at your doorstep. And, and all of a sudden, 10 years later, oh, I, I've seen that. Oh, that's passe. I'm onto that. So do you feel that you're at a point in your creative process that you're ready to be re-inspired and that to is, be re-motivated? That is spot on. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly where I feel like I'm at. It's I. It's not that I've I've been there, done that. It's more just you know, okay. okay like, where do I? What's the next step? Where do, where? How can I get? How can I dream bigger? How can I get out of this box of of doing the same type of projects that I've been doing? And it's 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 interesting. And it's also it's really also looking at my. I mean, it's really about looking in, internally at how we present ourselves and where we how we want to be seen in the future uh, whether it's five years from now 10 years from now or at our 50 year anniversary because i will never retire <laughs> i used to say that too <laughs> wait until you get to be my age and think that through again but um you know i mean i don't want to beat a dead horse with this dream thing but i am fascinated by it but i mean does any of this idea as the master of your ship the captain of your ship or, or, you know when you're alone or you're getting ready to fall asleep or you're in the shower or anything do any of those new thoughts come into your head because the only reason i'm beating this drum is because i think so much creativity comes in our quiet time in our silent time in it our does. alone time and i just didn't know whether or not that was working for you as you try to launch your new you know a, a new path for yourself absolutely i mean I, I when i'm falling asleep actually i should say when i'm in the shower that's when i am always dreaming yeah when i'm in the shower or when i'm on the hot um, water is great when i'm on the stairmaster those are the two times that i'm actually like dreaming uh, the most, uh, and, and, and you're right. I mean, you do, um, it's those times that you have to yourself that is just you and your own thoughts. And you start thinking about, um, the future and what you want it to be and how big it can be. And you just let yourself go. You let your mind go into all of the, you know, crazy things. Like I, I started thinking, one of my favorite things growing up was film. Uh, my mother was a film critic and I film is one of my 
greatest inspirations. And I started thinking, I would love nothing more than to do set design, whether it's for film or opera or, you know, theater. I, I, you know, I love, I, 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 um, uh, I love that Martha Graham used to collaborate with Nakashima. Wait, was it Nakashima? Yes, yes Nakashima. Yep. And, and I love that she would collaborate, you know, with Nakashima. I love that the Peter... The great Japanese furniture designer, just for everybody. Uh, yes, exactly. And I love that Peter Greenway, the, the director, used to collaborate with, you know, he collaborated with Jean-Paul Gaultier to do lighting and, you know, costumes. And I I love... he Actually, one of my favorites is um, he, does, he collaborated with... Um, Andrea Putman, the uh, French architect, and uh, he collaborated with her to do all the set design for the pillow books. And I love that. I love, I love that the, the the richness that comes from those collaborations. And I that's that's something that I started dreaming about. You know, it's, I started realizing that like, well, that's been my dream since I was a little kid. Why did I forget this? You know, and so I'm bringing it back. And I've been dreaming about it a lot. Oh, that's fascinating. Collaboration is great. So do you collaborate with your clients? And in turn, and just to hit it one more time, does that help you understand what they're thinking about or what they're dreaming about or what their desires are, or what their intentions are? Does that collaboration with them work that way? I think I think it depends on the client. I, I You know, I, I, I like that all my clients are very different. I have clients that are very clear and concise about what they want and they they do have dreams and they and I am there working to make their dreams come true but then I have clients who don't have necessarily dreams I have to sort of pull them out of them and and that's um I kind of love those clients because I feel like those clients you have to I I love because I love that because I get to know them better and better that's the only way you're able to pull those dreams out of them is you have to get to know them and uh, and they I, present yeah. a challenge. They present a challenge, and then that but becomes I a love creative that. challenge. It's a great challenge. And there's always a little bit of a question mark, I think, because you're not always 100% not being in their head, not mm -hmm. being in their mind. You're always kind of a little questioning, do I have this right? But that's what makes the challenge good. And I think there's an end product at the end of that, as frustrating that is as sometimes it can be. It can be, the end product can be. Well, that's my favorite end product, is when you have a client that doesn't know what they want. And then, you know, they live in, you know, they might be coming from an apartment that they've never been proud of and they have never entertained or they've never had family over. And then you, you get into their heads and you, they don't think that they want that. They think that, oh, no, 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 we've never done that before, so we don't want that. That's not our life. And then all of a sudden you give them this new home, this new way of living, and they are so happy. And I get phone calls, just like you said, I get these wonderful phone calls where they call me and are like, we just had our family over for Christmas dinner, or we just had the most amazing cocktail party with our friends. And we're going to spend the rest of our lives entertaining and having people over and having such a wonderful life in this home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's it the, changes it. That's the best. Yeah. That is the best. I agree. I, I tend to not on the first visit because I don't necessarily have the job on the first visit, but if I do get the job, I go back the next time and I take a picture from the door. From either the front door or the a door of the apartment, I, without any fanfare or anything, I just take a picture, huh. and I put that in the cover of the folder for the whole project. And then at the end of the project, when you know we're hopefully done with the punch <laughs> list, <laughs> at some point that the punch list is actually done, and we're you know having a drink and everybody's happy, I always take those that picture out, mm. and I said, "You've come from this to this." 
and that's a part of the dream the dream wish, the dream mm-hmm. concept, the dream journey that I love so much. You know, this whole conversation started because I have a writer that I like named Bruce Kavanaugh, and he wrote this. Direct attentions to your dream and your destiny, which has a little bit about you going forward to your company. Be extremely clear about what you want. That's how you make your dreams come true. And so I tell my clients that a lot. You know, I try to repeat that quote to them because you're in a you're in a moment hmm. where you have hired a professional to do something that you've been thinking about most of your adult life, probably, or for some women, maybe, you know, their whole life. Mm-hmm. Right. The kind of house they were going to have is probably second to their wedding, hmm. you know, the life that they were going to have. And so now it's time to direct that correctly. And to have the help and the professionalism to guide you through that path. So I always think, you know, there's something really valid about that statement. And there's something really valid about, I think, being with a really good interior designer to build the home that you've always dreamed about. I just don't see how it's possible any other way. We're not done yet. I got some other ideas <laughs> I want to talk to you about. Um, I got all sentimental here. Um, how... Um, like, how do you challenge your clients a little bit? In other words, you know, sometimes their dreams are, I don't want to say simplistic, but let's say just rather simple, mm-hmm. right? They, they haven't taught themselves to, to go beyond mm-hmm. some of those ideas. How do you help them dream bigger than, than uh, maybe they were doing for themselves? Um, well, one, one little trick that I, I do in my office it's, um, that I think is really important, and whether or not they choose it doesn't, it, it, it makes no difference to me. But, you know, sometimes the, you know, when you're laying out a, a, a floor plan and you're laying out the furniture and we, we tend to do the same type of layouts. You know, it's, you know, there's chairs, there's sofas, there's side yeah, tables. We're, we're working with a, the same instruments. Exactly. We're working the same entr- instruments. But I always like to do, I, I always provide two to three options, but then I always provide one extra option that is a wild card. And it could be something really wild. I mean, I have done some that are literally like Moroccan poofs everywhere, you know, <laughs> and what, or, or just, you know, like some multi-level sectional. I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I just want to give them something that reminds them that we can Every, do anything that you want. Like this is, I want to remind them that we're not stuck in the box of doing something that's expected. You can always think outside the box. You can always do something totally off the wall because it's yours. It's your space. It's not mine. It's not, it's not my, this is not me. This is not for me to live in. It's for you. So I love this. So you're giving them, let's say, three ideas, three concepts of what their house is going to look like, or do you do that just for maybe the main living room, dining room sort of scenario? Um, generally speaking, usually two to three, yes. Yeah, and so here's kind of the, conven- not conventional, but here's the thought process and, and the way that I see it and the way that you and I have talked about exactly. it. Exactly, and this is something that's going to, you know, here's one that's a little more functional, here's one that's a little more leisurely, you know, but then... I give them the wild card. Wow. And you know, about, it's fun, right? It and, makes it a fun process. Exactly. And 75% of the time, I would say maybe even more, maybe like 80% of the time people never go for it. 
But every now and then, that yeah. 20%, like they will actually go for but it. But it's not really about going for that idea. It's about helping them know that we can be as creative and as fun exactly. as we want to. Exactly. It's the same, it's the same with color and pattern yeah. and texture and furniture. You can think outside the box. This is your space. It's kind of like Bachman. I don't need the puffs, but I love that color blue that was on that. Exactly. Book, right? Exactly. We didn't have that in the other plan. Yes. Right. Real quick, before we go, do you think that you're more of a cheerleader or a director of your client's project oh again that depends on the client yeah okay some okay, clients okay. i am very much a cheerleader and you know i'm there to you know cheer them on with whatever dreams they are aiming for and then some people you really have to i mean there's some people that you really have to sort of take the reins and i don't take the rain i take the reins very delicately because yeah. i don't want people to feel like i'm putting my own I, I, you know I do feel like I do put my own stamp on projects, but I definitely f- want them to feel like it's still. You're theirs. guiding them. You're not like. Exactly. I'm not whipping them. I am not <laughs> whipping them. <laughs> this is a good place to end. Uh, stop this segment. This is at home, and we'll be back with interior designer Bachman Brown to discuss a couple of dreams we once had. Mr. Sand Person, bring us you're listening to the talking alternative network love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. We're talking to professional interior designer Bachman Brown, having a lot of fun. Um, you can follow Bachman on Instagram at Bachman Brown Designs. Yes, great. And hey, send your questions to David at DavidThurgartnerInteriors.com and just put in the subject line at home and we'll try to get to some of those tonight as well. You know, Bachman, um, 
let's discuss some of your dreams and your work as an interior designer. So you mentioned quickly that your company is 10 years old, but you've been an interior designer longer than that. Yes, I have. I've been in the business for about 15, 16 years. And we talked before the show, you've worked for a couple of my friends. I have. Yeah, that's so, I love how that works out. (laughs) This business is, it's such a small community. It's a really small community. We rarely get to see each other unless we're in a hallway somewhere, you know, going from one showroom to the (laughs) next. um, Because we're all, you know, in our own little offices with our own clients. But but it is fun to catch up with people when you do see them. I know. I I love going to... I love and I hate going to the D the D and D. So the D and D is the big interior design uh, showrooms. There's 19 floors. Each floor has like five to ten showrooms in it. In the old days, it used to be that some of the floors were occupied by just one showroom. Exactly. Um, those days are long gone. Um, but now, but they're still all there. Uh, they are they're barely still there. surviving, <laughs> but uh, they're still all there. Um, and so it tends to be the big meeting ground for all of us as we have to go there uh, often. Exactly. You and know. it's all those. And it's sure. across from Bloomingdale's. So that makes it <laughs> that makes it worth it. Exactly. Exactly. I think you said, I mean, certainly I have to tell you the Christmas tree inspector is one of the greatest, cutest stories I've ever heard. So I think <laughs> I'll I'll hold on to that forever. I can just see this little boy going up to his neighbors. So obviously you've been interested in design and interior design your whole life. Absolutely. Tell me about the first project or the one that you knew was going to, that you were definitely deciding um, to have a career as an interior designer. Um, Actually, I was thinking about that today. And I, uh, the first project that I ever did was when I first started working in interior design, I worked for Susan Butcher in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and she mostly did um, hospitality. So she did a lot of Ritz-Carlton and Four Seasons hotels. And she graciously hired me as a, an assistant. Um, I was a terrible assistant, by the way. Um, and uh, my parents told me that they were redoing their uh, kitchen. They were redoing um, the front part of the house. And I jumped at the opportunity to redo it, um, namely because my mother was trying to lay down linoleum in our den, which I thought was, which my dad and my brother and I protested vehemently. And uh, I jumped at the uh, at the thought of doing it. And I, I was, I really, it was my first job and I really liked working in interior design and architecture. She was an architect as well. And I thought that I was more inclined towards architecture and when I started picking out all of the finishes and I was picking out paint colors and fabrics and reupholstering and, you know, uh, doing Moroccan corners on the pillows in my mother's living room, I, I got so excited. And I, and every time I would go home to visit and check the progress, it just was so thrilling. And I kept seeing like, my mother, of course, was protesting everything, but my dad and my brother and like everybody was like so excited. They were just like, wow, this is really looking beautiful. And it was it really got me um, very excited. Uh, it was I was very fortunate to um, let my parents. I was very fortunate for my parents <laughs> allowing me to do that. I mean, there was a lot of bickering about the kitchen with my mother. But other than that, it was a really fun project to, to be able to collaborate I, with them. I think those are great stories. So we're having a lot of fun tonight. Do you still have fun? 
as an interior designer? Absolutely. I love what I do. I practically skip to work every day, um, mainly just because I, I really enjoy my clients. I really enjoy my office. I, I've been very fortunate, I think, in, in years, in the last you know, 10 I years. I feel that way, too. Yeah. I, 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 I don't feel like a lot of... I don't feel like, you know, everybody, this happens to everybody. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, it's, it can be rough out there, but I feel like I'm just lucky as hell. I don't know. We decide, we don't really talk about clients too much on the show and you and I talked about that. But when I've seen bad scenarios, like at the D&D building mm-hmm. go down, it, it's, it goes tit for tat. The designer's a little nuts too, right? So, you know, I think... We have a bad reputation, I think, uh, I think we get the clients we deserve, you know? I mean, I think, you know, if, if we're honest and true and have integrity and we're nice to be around, then people are attracted to that, right? So I think it works that way. And I certainly I want to think that way because that's all I've had are clients like that. No, so. I, think, I think we're lucky because we also bring joy to our our... our we bring joy to our job. Like, what do you really think the do joy like comes from? Um, I, I think that. I mean, do you get joy from the the clients? But do you get joy from literally just sinking your teeth into that floor plan? Like, that's sinking. exactly what yeah, I get joy yeah, from. Me I, too. There's nothing I love more than tracing paper and like a blank floor plan, and I just go to town and I give. I mean, I literally do like sketch after sketch after sketch after sketch, and it just makes me so happy. I was just gonna say because I have a little note here. It's just like, yeah. Everything we can talk about, everything we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We can talk about clients and D&D building and fabrics and paint colors and all the things that people think that interior designers do. But when I'm alone at my desk and I have my pencil and a piece of paper, I'm in pure heaven at that point. I mean, I can just sit there forever. I have to tell myself to leave sometimes. And I love the mistakes because how many times do you get to like actually make mistakes in front of clients? You don't, right? You, that's what that's what the studio time is for. Exactly. And it's just, oh, no, that's the worst idea I've ever come up with, right? <laughs> <laughs> throw that away really quickly. But it's a wonderful process for, I think, an interior designer to sit and to, to work through what the house is going to look like exactly and i think i in i i love like flipping through books and like looking at you know looking at other interiors looking at the past looking at you know is that how you stay current is by looking at books and magazines and and yeah are you big on the internet like do you are you a big internet magazine guy or do you need to sit with your coffee and a magazine in your lap sitting with a coffee Mm -hmm. in a magazine i there's nothing i love more than the world of interiors and uh, yeah just kind of hanging out and looking through it oh my god that's one of the most beautiful magazines i think that has ever been um, I love World of Interiors. I love Arc Digest. I love uh, Arc Digest Germany. Um, I mean, yeah, I like some the of them European are so beautiful. Too. House yeah. Beautiful, actually, I think is fabulous these days. Um, so yeah, I'm just I. That's my. I love books, though. That's my. That's my biggest. Um, I love looking at other interior designers, but I love looking at the past. I, I'm particularly fond of you know uh, looking at furniture and lighting design, like Charlotte Perrion and. Um, Alvaro Alto and uh, you know I, I love like looking at architecture books like yeah, Schindler very and much. you know I, I love Tadeo um, and yeah exactly yeah. Tadeo Ando or um, I, 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 I could I could lay, list everything I mean we don't <laughs> always get which is funny it's actually a kind of an interesting thought or a question in there somewhere um, but we look at these books that can be on the extreme side mm-hmm. of architecture or of art let's say 
we don't always get to apply those back to our clients' no. home, but they certainly do help us yes. to explore ourselves. And, and we see things inside them. We see a certain angle uh, of, exactly, a certain of arch, a wall you know, or an, an arch. An arch or, or like a little tiny detail with that, like the trim or like a banister. It's it's the small things that we see. I don't think that we people, can apply back. Yeah, I think it's hard for people to understand. Like I actually, when I mark up books for like a presentation, um, when I'm like working with my studio, um, I have to like particularly like put a lot of post-its showing like particular details. Cause if I just mark the page, nobody understands me. But if I like actually mark the page and then I mark the actual little detail that I'm looking at, like a detail on a banister and, and the way that the finial, you know, the, the spool is designed or something like that. It, it's, I love things like that. I love little details and people just don't really pay as much attention to that in general as much as interior designers do. And, um, I actually really feel like one of the, we were talking about dreams, which is the, the theme. I feel like dreams also is where I also, sorry, not dreams, film is where I go, mm-hmm. um, for inspiration. Um, I, it's, I, I find that like watching like a Stanley Kubrick film, you know, change my view of lighting. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I you know what I mean? It's uh, do, uh, you're you're looking at me like well, because I like I I, I want to tell so much because we're going to give the show away from next week, but it's a little bit about um, lighting design, elegant lighting design, and uh, it comes from film. Please I talk mean, about Stanley Kubrick. Well, I think he is such a genius with lighting. We just sat and watched the Judy Garland version of A Star's Born mm-hmm. the other night, mm-hmm. and a man that got away. That lighting in that scene the way they light the instruments and the, I mean, I here's my show for next week, but anyway, it's absolutely breathtaking. So, but we're going to talk about film and lighting and all of that next week. Uh, so stop talking about, I'll stop talking. I'll stop talking. <laughs> How would you define your style? Uh, Ooh, um, very eclectic. Uh, I, I don't, I don't actually feel like, I mean, for me personally, I have, I'm a very eclectic person, but I feel like for my clients, it just depends. If you look on my website, it's, you know, one client is, you know, supremely mid-century, like just full on, you know, 1960s, um, Scandinavian. And then I have clients that are, you know, traditional farmhouse upstate. And I have clients that are a mixture of, you know, uh, French antiques and contemporary, you know, sort of minimalism. It, I feel like I don't really have a particular style except that I like to mix everything together. So, I think that would be my only and quality and quality and and I also I'm particularly fond of curating collections. I was going to say you have beautiful collections. Thank you. Um, but it's an interesting question, and I guess we'll go into it a little bit because there's a lot of interior designers, famous interior designers, who are known for a specific style. Mm. Um, I can think of five right off the top of my head. And I've never quite understood that for a couple reasons. One is why do I want my house to look like the house that she did six months ago or three months ago or for that matter five years ago Mm -hmm. never quite understood that even though the color might not be as blue as it was in the house Mm -hmm. from three months ago the other thing is it seems to lack kind of some sense of creativity to me it lacks character it lacks authenticity it lacks authenticity to who the client is well i mean i have a lot of i've had not a lot i've actually been again very fortunate but i have had people come to me and say I want my um, I want my apartment or my home to look like a W hotel, or you know to look like a very particular style, mm-hmm. and and I I struggle with that, and I in the end, thankfully they 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 come along on my journey, and you know I'm able to give them something different, 
um, and give them something that's more personal to them, something that is more about their hopes and dreams and their what they are their personality comes through and it, it's but it's still painful hearing that when they come to me and say you know can i can my apartment look like the ace hotel yeah the ace hotel is very cool but i don't want my home to look like something else that somebody else has done i just can't imagine my san francisco house my atlanta project um, my Fifth Avenue project all looking the same. That that would just seem ridiculous. Well, to that me. too. I think my uh, just, my my studio would be very bored. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, do you encourage your clients to, uh, you know, to do the the Pinterest thing or the folder of pictures and stuff like that? Pinterest, is that something that you, do you encourage any of that? Well, Pinterest is very controversial in my office because we find that it does not work with clients. Um, clients, I don't, I don't like it. You know, the same way we were talking about like looking at magazines and books and we look at very specific things. Uh, they tend to look at the bigger, the whole picture and I don't, you know, I, I think it, it can get confusing. Yeah. So I, I actually prefer using Pinterest in house. It's, it is actually a great tool. I, I mean, like it I, for myself, but I don't like it for my clients. No, I, I agree. Listen, uh, we have literally are, we're out of time. So I can't thank you enough for talking to me tonight. It's been long in coming. Thank you. Um, and I can't thank you for just revealing so many of your dreams and goals with us. <laughs> um, you know, we do this thing where you're going to maybe stick with me, if you will. I need to ask you, I guess, if you'll stay with me and sure. take some questions from our listeners. This is At Home, and we'll be back as soon as I reminisce a little bit with Bachman about how dreaming in the 70s sounded like. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com
Hey, Bachman, thank you so much for staying. Well, uh, talking about having fun. So here's a good one. Frances from Long Island. She says, you both have fascinating names. Bachman, please tell us about your first name. And David, you've never talked about your last name. So you go first. Oh, my. Oh, I have how did you how did they decide to call well, you Bachman? My uh, well, I'll tell it's it's a little bit of a story, but it's uh, my brother's name is Anise Winfield Clem the fifth. And my dad was the fourth. And my dad, when he was a baby, got picked up by a bulldog. His, uh, literally picked him up by his face and carried him off. We're a very southern family, <laughs> so we have a lot of very deeply crazy people in our family. Okay. One of which was a crazy uncle who came to visit while my dad was recovering. My dad looked looks fine now, but when he was recovering, he had all these stitches. And this uncle called my dad Plug Ugly. Well, the name stuck. And my dad's name to this day is Plug Clem. And when my brother was oh, born... Man. They wanted to call my dad, my brother, who was a gorgeous baby. They wanted to call him Little Plugger, <laughs> and my mother was not going to have that. So, of course, being a product of the seventies, um, they called him Chevis after a fifth of scotch. Oh my god! So when I was born, they couldn't very well name me Bob, so they ended up naming me Bachman, which was after my great great uncle. Um, so we both have highly unusual names. Francis, thank you so much for <laughs> asking that question. Um, mine is nowhere near that. Uh, Thiergartner is German. It means uh, the tier. The T-H-I-E-R means beast or animal. And the Gartner is literally translated into gardener or whatever. So it is thought of as a zookeeper. And the zoos in Germany are called Tiergartens. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's it. So thank you, Francis. <laughs> Very interesting. Let's get back to design. Uh, Frank from D.C., I, I don't have an, any imagination skills. How best do I communicate my ideas and desires um, for others, but mostly for myself? Nice question. How, I, I guess what he's trying to say is, how do I start to put together what I think is beautiful and how do I teach myself how to do that? I think you can just simply, you know, go to the design section in your magazine, you know, your local deli and find some design magazines and and start flipping through and pulling tear sheets. I actually encourage clients to do this when they struggle with not knowing what they want for their, you know, for their home. I encourage them to sort of take a look around, see what's out there. It is okay to rip out a magazine. It is you know? absolutely okay. And it, it's good. It's just, it's literally just ripping out from magazines or from the newspaper, wherever you see anything or take pictures mm -hmm. and just keep collecting. And what you'll start to see is a consistency in what you like. Mm. Or, or, you know, at some you point, do. you know, you'll see either a color that you're really attracted to or a certain kind of architecture that you're really attracted to. And then your idea, too, I think some architectural books, especially Frank, you know, he might enjoy architecture mm -hmm. um, from the beginning. It just I think it's almost a self-taught sort of thing. Just start to, you know, evolve yourself in mm -hmm. it and and do all that before you make your first big purchase. Exactly. Because, you know. You don't want to make a mistake on that one. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. Uh, this is from Peggy C. Is your inner eye or being able to envision something taught or does it come to you naturally? Oh, that's an interesting question. So I can literally see everything inside my head. I can see three-dimensionally. I can see color. I can change color immediately. Um I would have to say there. I never had a professor or a teacher or uh, an art class that made me do that. So I'm thinking for me, and I've never thought of this before, so thank you for the question. But I'm going to say it's just something that has been built upon 
through the decades. Yeah, I would say that too, because it's all inside my head. I mean, it, and I'm not, the funny thing, I'm not a very verbal person, which is ironic since I'm on your talk show. I was but I, am, I actually am very, I'm a very visual person mm. and I can, I can point to things and I can sketch things out. But even then, it's still all way up inside my head. And it, it takes a while for me to sort of get it out on paper and in samples and f- finishes and fabrics and textures. But, you know. That's what we do. Yeah, so work on it a little bit. Maybe just understanding that uh, it's a self-taught thing or something that comes over time might give you the encouragement to 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 work through it. I always disguise uh, discuss it as a, a Rolodex, the old-fashioned mm-hmm. business card Rolodex, and so I can just go boom, 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 and change different aspects in my head, boom, 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 and then when I stop, then I know that's the idea that I like the best. Hmm. So it's just you know one of those. Weird things. I like that. I like that Rolodex. <laughs> I wish my, I wish I had is, that. That's actually. why my head is so big. I got a big old Rolodex in my head. <laughs> Mary Mark. Mary Mark says, "Is it crucial for a designer to be able to visualize, or can it all be done with plans and graphic computer work?" Oh, I think it needs to be. Vis- I think it needs to be visualized. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I, I yeah. There's no doubt. No doubt in my mind. I, I, I yeah, no doubt in mm-hmm. my mind because you can't. I mean, a little bit, you just, you have to be able to know when you see it that, that, that not always, I mean, you do, you know, and, you know, if it takes two years to build a house, my San Francisco house, uh, that project was a three-year project. So we had time to discover and find things and Mm -hmm. to work on what we wanted ultimately. But in an average job, you kind of need to know what direction you're going in. And if you see something that's working for you, the only visualization can do that. I mean, you can go back to your office and put it in the drawing. You can put it in the drawing after, but you have to be able to visualize it first. Yeah, I I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, here's another one, uh, if we have time. Yep, okay. She's picking up on the dream thing. Uh, uh, Jamie K. I dream of other people's homes and other places. I never dreamed about my own. Well, thank you for listening because that's kind of what the show's been about. So that's really sweet. Um, are there any tricks to the trade about? I guess about dreaming of your own home. Um, uh, dream yeah. big. Dream. <laughs> dream big. Dream. dream. <laughs> I. I don't know you know, I, I guess I guess I think maybe uh, maybe I'm going to interpret what you're saying, but I'm thinking, you know what? Just start small. You know, I, I think um, there's a couple places that I think are really important. Think about the bed that you want. You know, I mean, we spend so much time in our bed, and we have to look at our bed. You know, four, five, six, seven times a day. You know, just is there a headboard that you're falling in love with? Is there some sort of beautiful bedding, maybe, you know, from Yves Delorum or something? Start there. Start with this, just what do I want my bed to look like? And then maybe teach yourself how to do it. You know, I mean, I was a bedding buyer for a long time. So, you know, we used to put two euros in the back and, you know, four pillows in front and a decorative pillow and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that. You know, play with your bed. Teach yourself how to do it with your bed and then maybe move Move on to the chair in the living room, or maybe move on to a certain paint color, or like the dining room chandelier. I I, oh, love, I love that the idea. dining room chandelier. Yeah, that's my. Fa- I mean, that ultimately is probably my favorite piece in the house. The dining room chandelier is always my favorite, and that's always sort of like the first thing I want to visualize, the first thing that I want to sort of 
start the conversation with. Sweet. Yeah. You know, and that's so easy to do. Even if you're not technically skilled, you could take a picture of your dining room and then, Lord, just print it out and keep I mean, putting, you know, different chandeliers in yeah, front of it and just, see which one you like best. Exactly. Keep your eyes open. I think so much of it is just starting. Just start the process. And also, I think it's also be fearless. Don't yeah, don't be brave. Be, don't be afraid to to step out of your comfort zone and think about, you know, something bigger, something something that you really love don't be afraid of it i think it's all about love i think it's our homes it's absolutely the most important you know piece of property that we could ever own it's where your family is it's everything to us so spend some time and learn to find dream about what you want and make it happen i can't thank you enough I've had an absolute blast. I really Thank appreciate you. it. So Much nice to meet you. Three times the charm, everybody. Um, I want to thank everyone here at talkradio.nyc. Schoolhouse, number six productions. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't want to try. Ben Keegan for my music. And remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at home with DTI. Remember to take a look at my website, davidthirgardnerinteriors.com, and take a look at Bachman's website, which is bachmanbrowndesign.com. Yes, sir. Yep. And take a look at some of his wonderful work. Join me next week, um, as I talked about, with our elegant lighting design with architect and lighting designer, David Burra. I'm really looking forward to that. And you know it's going to be a little bit about cinema now. So that's great. (laughs) Stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter Show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way. And until next week on the... Until next week on the radio, remember, the best designs for your life start at home. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? 
then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 